Sport Press. to the Full Sport Press Podcast, featuring hosts Jay Hove, Chef, Wheezy, and Coach Locke. Please enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations. I would like to welcome everybody back and some of you for the first time to the Full Sport Press Podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan, and this is your one-stop shop for all sports-related news and topics. I am Jay Hove. Jeff is out on assignment. Shout out to you, Jeff. Be back soon. Weezy back in the building. Say, what's up, Weezy? What it do? What it do? What's going on? What's going on, fellas? Another Saturday for us. Another Saturday. Sure, man. How's everybody, man? Everybody good? Everybody's good, man. Yes, sir. Episode 331, man. It's the best time of the year, man. We are unveiling the 2020 NFL Top 7 Series, starting with the quarterbacks and the running backs. FSP style. Always FSP style. <laughs> better damn know it. You better damn better believe me, man. Oh, shut up, Weezy. Shut <laughs> up. Um, let's kick it off, man. Best of the week, Weezy. What you got? <laughs> oh, best of the week for me. Uh, you know, I've been on quarantine, been watching a lot of TV, and I've been, I've been, I've been taking a bait for some of these commercials. And the Eminem commercials got me this week. The brownies. Where you get them at, Weezy? <laughs> Uh, I got these at the gas station. M&M brownies, dude. I ain't going inside no gas station. That's, Man, that's on you. M&M they sound fire, though. I'm excited. I'm going to try them, though, for sure. They, they sound good. I never got to them because I'm a big M&M guy. You know what I'm saying? So It looks different, but huh? once you get about three or four, oh, these are pretty good. Yeah, they look like it. Uh, Coach Locke, what you got? Best of the week? Um man, shout out to the guys Jamal and Spencer Richardson. Man, they had Master P come through with his team and they trained his players, so that's a good look for them. Man, I was glad to see that. You know, what I'm saying they putting on for the city 615. We are continuing to get the love that we are deserving in Nashville, Tennessee, for our sports. Most definitely, man. Shout out to Miles and Spencer, man. AAG friends of the show. Most definitely had them on. Best of the week for me, man. 2020 couldn't get any weirder. Nas dropped the album, and it's album of the year, dog. How crazy is that in 2020 that Nas drops album of the year? Like, man, I wish Jeff was on this call because we were a little nervous about this Nas drop. And to see Nas drop a really good project in 2020, man, couldn't get any better, man. So shout out to Nas, man. Yeah. We you listen to that Nas album yet? No. <laughs> uh, worst of the week, Weezy. What you got, buddy? First week for me, man, uh, yesterday, man, Luca going down, man. I, I ain't like to see that. I don't like to see superstars go down, especially in the playoffs at Team Negro. Coach, what you got worst of the week? Uh, my worst of the week is uh, back in Tennessee. Uh, I saw uh, 
photo from Upperman and Cookville High School football game mm. where the student section was capacity, basically. And only uh, about 30, 35% of them had on masks. But they were shoulder to shoulder, though. Come on, man. How we gonna get the pandemic if we all out here just with no masks? Yeah, we're gonna be stuck in this joint until 2022, man. Speaking of worst of the week, Wheezy, again, you strike. Um, what I do this at, we had a debate, and if you're familiar, it's one guy to go. I don't know who posted it, but somebody posted. Was it you lot? And uh, the debate was one person's entire music catalog never happened. And those four contestants were Drake, Beyonce, Chris Brown, and Michael Jackson. <sighs> My co-host, Wheezy. Wheezy Wee. Chef Wheezy. Two-league Wheezy. What other, what other monikers you go by? Uh, what, what, what's this? Four, 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 four at a time? Oh, yeah. Four, four, two. Four, four, two. Four, four, two Wheezy. He chose Michael Jackson's catalog to be erased. From our memory. Well, hey man, you never cease to amaze me. Chris Brown's catalog easily gotta go. Easily. I I, I, I respect I respect Michael Jackson as the OG. He's a legend. But I I think I think those those uh, three artists make better music. You just saying that you ain't waking up listening to Michael Jackson. Like you ain't listening you to just, Michael Jackson. Uh, yeah, you don't listen to Michael Jackson. What did I say? What did, what, not you, Jay. When last time you listened to Michael Jackson? Um, two weeks ago. I'm bad. <laughs> you said I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to I'm bad two weeks. Nah. you lying, dude. Nah. you listen to? Uh, <laughs> I listen to um, what album? Is it? you okay? Is you okay? Come <laughs> like, on, man. What are you nah, doing? I've been fucking with you. Come on, man. Uh, listen, Dirty Diana. We that's a classic. That's one of my favorites. Dirty Diana, buddy. Off the wall, better than Thriller. I, I, hey, I have no, I have no argument with that. That, that is a very debatable argument. You give me a single off, off the wall, Weezy. Pyt. <laughs> Let's move right along, man. Stat of the week. Now, shout out to Cam for this fine. This is a good one. In 2019, Taysom Hill, quarterback, all-purpose back. All-purpose wide receiver, whatever the hell he is for the New Orleans Saints, caught the same amount of TD passes as all-pro wide receiver Julio Jones, which was six touchdowns. And that is our stat of the week. That's a good, that's a good find, even for Cam. That's a really good find. Ooh, Ooh even for Cam. Okay, you know he watching this. Spicy. Spicy. I know he watching. Spicy nugs. Spicy nugs. I see. Now make sure you check us out on iTunes, Facebook, IG, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Beyond Pod, YouTube, and of course, the SoundCloud page to catch up on the full archive of past episodes of FSP. How do you do that? Just search Full Sport Press Podcast. While you're doing that, make sure you check out the On Day TV Hip Hop Podcast with Animal Brown and Spike Blue every Wednesday. The latest issue is up, the 2020 XXL Freshman Class episode. Yeah, not for sure. This is one of the better double uh, XL Freshman Classes in a long time. So a lot of these people, I think these will be a little bit more successful in past years 
there will be some misses, like there always are. Oh. Yeah. Was uh, was forty two Doug on there? Nah, his 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 spark was a little too late, a little too late of a spark. So. <laughs> that's Jay Boy like forty two Doug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. He not, but that's funny as hell. <laughs> Speaking of my boy, fresher than your average podcast, featuring myself and Animal Brown, self help fashion podcast directly related to improving everyday fashion. We have a new FTYA IG live show. Um, and we're analyzing the big sneaker releases of the weekend. Pull up on the IG page directly for the culture. Wear your kicks. Cop responsible. Man, I'm going to start wearing uh, sandals everywhere, man. <laughs> Can't get nothing. Got me another pair of Crocs, dude. Black another pair? Went black. Went black on it. You know what I mean? I'm copping. <laughs> you feel me? I'm copping. That's yeah, why, man. We I wore a pair of Crocs. He climbing for it, man. Yo, yours had a heel on them. Hey, Wiz, I remember those, too. They did have a little... Yeah, you, had a, you, had, a, you had a platform on your shit. Your, your whole heel was out on them motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Jeff is out, so we had no 10 good rest in seconds. Catch up on the latest episode of 808s and Chair Shots. Please pop in, check out the guys. They, they gonna do uh the little... Computer screen TV people in the stands. I saw that. Yeah. And that is 10 good wrestling seconds. <laughs> We're live. <Virtual. laughs> now, tweet us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to comment and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page, on the iTunes page. Please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. Tell a friend. To tell a friend. That the revolution will be podcasted. And before we get started with the first half, Wheezy, do you have a yellow box of Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? I do. This week's award recipient is John Falk. It is. The Charlotte Hornets indefinitely suspended a radio announcer who claimed he accidentally used a famous racial slur on social media. John Falk said he used the N-word in an unfortunate typo as he commented on the Denver, the Nuggets and the Jazz playoff series and the one-on-one battle between stars Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. The tweet said, and I quote, shot making in this Jazz N-word game is awesome. Murray and Mitchell are going back and forth. What a game. Now, Fock is a first-year announcer and podcast host for the Hornets. He apologized and previously worked for the NBA's Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx. The team released a statement, of course, the Charlotte Hornets are aware of recent social media posts by radio broadcaster John Falk. And as an organization, we do not condone this type of language. John has been suspended indefinitely as we investigate the matter more closely, end quote. Here's the thing. If you have an iPhone, right, um, there's words that it auto-fills for you. I've been saying ducking ever since I had an iPhone instead of the F word. To this day, it still hasn't replaced. To say that, you have to use the N word more than normal, per se, for the iPhone to catch on to that. So, John, fuck you, John. Fuck you. I see what you did right there. You see what I did right there? You, you did right there. Shout out to John Fox. How you gonna get that to him, Weezy? Y'all wanna, wanna sit that drone out there to him right now? Nah. Drama. I don't like him lying, though. Don't lie. Just be like, I ain't gonna lie. I messed up. Just like my man, 
with was it the Reds? Yep. His mic was hot. Yep. Hey, your mic was just hot, dog. Your mm-hmm. fingers was hot. That's all. You messed up. Stand up like a man. Just say I fucked up. Michael's hot. Michael's on he, fire. He done though. Yeah, he yeah he he can he, he can wrap it up. For sure. Hey, he he done. Mom on the phone. Put your damn mom on the phone. I ain't never coming back. You guys ready to get started with the first half? Let's do it. Let's do it. The first half is underway. Full sport press. First half, the hottest sports news of the past week, like we do each and every week here at the Full Sport Press podcast. Before we get started, I am Jay Ho. This is what Weezy was doing, what it do. It's your man, Coach Locke. Locke, where can they find you at on social media, my brother? Hey, you can catch me on Twitter and IG at Locke underscore the underscore great. That's T-H-A. Get at me. For sure. What about you, Weezy? I'm FSP underscore Weezy on IG, and I'm at how Weezy on Twitter. Holla at me. Facto. And I am Jay Hove on Instagram and Twitter. Let's have a conversation on Twitter. You know, I've been getting a lot of hate, you know, with my takes on Dame Lillard. Dame didn't let me down. Speaking of Dame, the NBA playoffs are officially underway. The entire first half is dedicated to predictions for the entire first round of the 2020 NBA playoffs. We will start things off with the Milwaukee Bucks, number one seed, Orlando Magic, eighth seed. Series is tied 1-1 as we record this. What is your prediction, fellas, and why for this Eastern Conference first-round matchup? My prediction is the Bucks win 4-1. They just overlooked them that first game. They just don't have enough. Marco Fox is playing good, though, Jack. I give you that. I don't know. I, I think the Magic going to sneak one more win in. I don't know how. I just think they will. Uh, so I have the Bucks winning 4-2. They're just not ready yet, man. They're young. They're inexperienced. Only a couple of their players have that experience. And they're going to have to play damn near perfect to win the game. Middleton has to step up, man. He got to be consistent. You can't be out here with having two points in the game. They paid you all that money for a reason. They paid you to be the Robin to Giannis. And two points in the game is not going to cut it. Yeah, I got the Bucks winning in five. No matter way, uh, how you slice it, like you guys mentioned, this is a mismatch. And it goes in the favor of the Bucks. My problem is Eric Bledsoe. He has to step up and make better decisions as the point guard, as the leader of this team. They're just undermanned. You lose Jonathan Isaac. Aaron um, Gordon has been hurt. So it's just going to continue to be an issue. And the Magic aren't shooting the ball nowhere near the way they shot it in that first game. So just going to continue to be an issue. Too many holes. Milwaukee in five. Let's move on with another Eastern Conference matchup. The number two seed, Toronto Raptors. Versus the number seven seed, Brooklyn Nets. The Raptors, whew, it's going to get ugly, man. It's already 3-0, Raptors. Can the Nets win a game? No. Nets can't win a game. Uh, to me, the Toronto Raptors look like the most complete team in the whole, in the whole playoffs right now. Van Fleet is good. You called Van Fleet back in the day when they beat my boys, Vanderbilt, uh, in Wichita. Yeah, man. Like you said, Weezy, they're, they're a complete team, and that's because they don't have the superstar that everyone else has. They know they have to play as a team and play together to win. Now, Siakam is their go-to guy. They paid him like it, but they just have the experience. You know, they are battle-tested. They The entire team has basically been in the playoffs and won the finals. The Nets, they don't have enough. I mean, let's just be real. As good as Lucas Avert is playing, as good as he can be, 
he can't do it by himself. Jamal Crawford, uh, Crawford is hurt. Joe Harris is hurt, so they're not playing. So they, they just don't have any experience that haven't been there before. They they putting up the best fight they can, but they just they overmatched. So I have the Raptors going and closing this out with a 4-0 sweep. The Raptors are looking like the defending champs. Took care of business in those first three games. And given the way the Nets have struggled to shoot the ball, and then you lose Joe Harris, it's over with, man. Clean sweep. You got to give, you know, Jock Vaughn, he's done a great job to keep these guys locked in. You don't have Kyrie. You don't have KD. Hell, you don't even have Wilson Chandler. Like, so many people opted out on this team. And for them to fight the way that they fought, I think Jock Vaughn deserves his job. He might not get it. But um, he has those guys prepared to play. It's just you can't win without shooting, and you can't win without players. You know, you only have one player on the entire team. That's a starter, so for sure. Let's move right along to one of the more disappointing series in the Eastern Conference. The Boston Celtics, the three seed, versus the Philadelphia 76ers, the six seed. The Celtics are up 3-0. Can the 76ers win a game? Not now. They done. Boston is just too much. Too, too many shooters. Tatum is playing like a superstar. Brown is playing like a superstar. Joel Embiid is putting all the pressure on him. And his his, his teammate, <laughs> that Harris dude, golly, he's horrible. He's hor- He's not good. He's not good. I don't care if you know him, you went to school with him. He's horrible. Yeah, man, this, uh, this series is over. The game they were going to win was last night. They couldn't pull it off. Boston came out, won the game. They're down 3-0 right now. And it's over. Ben Simmons is why they are losing the series like they are. He brings a, a whole other dynamic to the team. He's the leader of that team for, as far as from the guard play. He, he can guard defensively. That'll make it tougher on the uh, Celtics on the other end of the floor. Jason Tatum is just having his way. I thought this was going to be a good year for the 76ers where they had a chance, but they're going to get swept out the first round. I got the Sixers winning one game um, just on the strength that I think the Celtics will kind of mail it in uh, the next game. But the Sixers have struggled defensively because they, they lost their best defensive person, like Locke said, which is Ben Simmons. Jason Tatum is averaging 30 points a game. And even though Joel has played well throughout the series, dude, Tobias Harris shot terrible. Al Horford hasn't scored in double figures. You can't win a game. And they just signed both of them two of the worst contracts in the entire NBA on the same team. Very hard to trade either of those. And the last matchup in the Eastern Conference, number four seed, Indiana Pacers and Weezy's number five seed, Miami Heat. <laughs> the Heat are up 2-0 right now, right, fellas? Mm-hmm. All right, what is the prediction for the rest of this series? I think he's going to sweep I think Jimmy Butler has scared, <laughs> has scared TJ Warren. He's scared of him. I think it's over there. He's going to win this 4-1. Indiana's going to win a game. T.J. Warren is going to have one of those monster games. They're going to figure out a way. Victor Oladipo is going to have a big game. Got the Heat in five as well. The right is already on the wall for the Pacers. They struggle on defense. The players can't create their own offense. T.J. Warren is a totally different person from the actual regular season eight game bubble to the playoffs. Man, and you got to realize Victor Oladipo – has been searching for his game since he had that quad injury. So, and their bench, non-existent for the Pacers, man. 18 points for an average on your bench is not not gonna get you any Ws. 
you can rest assured that if Jimmy Butler has a bad game, that he can still win the actual game. I can't say the same for the Pacers if T.J. Warren and Victor Oladipo aren't playing well. So let's move right along to the Western Conference, the number one seed, Los Angeles Lakers. According to its number eight seed, Portland Trailblazers. This series is tied 1-1 as we record this podcast. What is your prediction for the rest of the series, fellas? I think Portland might win one more, but what I've seen with the Lakers do the other night, they came to play. I don't know if they, I don't know if they took their, their first game lightly or – I don't know what happened, but they imposed their will that second game and never never gave up a lead. And I like AD went completely off. Them boys were shooting the ball. They knew they had to hit shots. I don't know what Dan Green's doing. I still don't know what he's doing right now. But um, LeBron James, he, he had his worst game I've seen in a long time, only 10 points, and they still beat him by 30-something almost. Yeah, Lakers is going to win this series. Uh, I have them winning 4-2. I think Portland's going to squeeze out one more game. Uh, Lillard dislocated his finger in the last game, and that's going to be a bigger deal than people think. C.J. McCollum is not playing well. You know, if he can't get going, then it won't be 4-2. It'll be 4-1. But the Lakers, they shot so much better in game two, which is why they won that game. The Lakers are going to win this series, but I think the Blazers will win one more, and they'll win 4-2. I got the Lakers winning in five. Um for LeBron James to have one of his worst playoff games and you still when you're up 30, it just lets you know. I think Vogel had to let the kid out of the bag and play JR and uh, Philly Cheese a lot more. I think he was trying to hold on to that until the next round. He had to show his uh, spade card a little early. But I think just the Lakers just tightened up where they're best at, which is defensively. And uh, you find a way to get and harass Dame Lillard the way that they have and not letting him have any airspace, I think they will maintain that, win four straight, and go ahead and get ready for the second round, for sure. Next matchup is the number two seed, Los Angeles Clippers versus the number seven seed, Dallas Mavericks. The series um, has the Clippers up 2-1. What's your prediction for the rest of the series, fellas? I think the Clippers got a big break yesterday when Luke got hurt. Because uh, before then, they had to play the Clippers had to play their hardest game to beat them. They played, They had to play the hard in the whole entire game. And I think they had the mindset they could turn it on and turn it off when they want to play. And they're just bullying the Mavericks right now. They're bullying them. They're scaring them, talking crazy to them. They're bullying them. Uh, Mavericks got a lot of nice guys. They need a mean guy. But right now, since Luka's down, I think it's over with them. This is a um, tricky series now with the things that have happened. Uh, the Mavericks should be up 2-1 right now. But some texts changed the outcome of that. But now that Luca has injured that ankle, I don't see them being able to bounce back. He's not going to be 100% anymore the rest of the bubble, regardless of how long they play. That ankle is going to hobble him. and He's not going to be the player that he normally is. And I think that's going to save the Clippers because I had Dallas winning this series 4-2 before he got hurt. And I don't think they're punking him. I think the Clippers are trying to punk him, but the Mavericks wasn't backing down. Porzingis is right there in the mix. Luca's right there in the mix. They talking back and forth to each other. And the injury is going to be the, the biggest deal for this game, which is going to cause the Mavericks to lose this series now. So I have the Clippers winning this series 4-2. I have the Clippers winning in six as well. Um, I think the best thing that can happen for the Clippers is getting Patrick Beverly healthy, shown throughout the season. They can't win without him. But the longer this goes out, the way he can set out and get back to 100% with that calf injury, 
the better for the foreseeable future for the Clippers. There's a, not a lot of reason to worry as far as Paul George. He does have to step up, though. Um, there's a lot of talk about him not showing up. And I'm gonna, I got to hold my guys accountable. He has to show up. He played good in the second game, did not play good these last two games. He definitely has to find a way to get into his groove. And I know he's exerting a lot of energy on defense. So in turn, I think his offense is suffering for it. But if you don't find a way to get back into the groove on offense, they're not going to win this next series. It's going to be tough, man, because you got to depend on your stars. Kawhi can't do it all. He did it all last night. And Paul George definitely got to step up for them to go further in the playoffs. But, hey, man, KP, Luka, they're not scared. They're not scared of those dudes, man. They are right back in their face. And if yeah. Luka doesn't go down, I have also have the um, Mavs winning this. So I had the Mavs in the finals, in the conference finals. So that's how confident I was in those guys prior to this injury. Let's move right along to the number three seed, the Denver Nuggets, going against the number six seed, Utah Jazz. The uh, Nuggets are losing 2-1 to the Jazz. What's your prediction for the rest of this series, fellas? You know my prediction? Utah Jazz is going to win this series now. Uh, Spider Mitchell is playing out of his mind. And now that Mike Conley's come back, he had 27 last night. <laughs> They're in trouble. Yeah, I think the Jazz are going to pull this series out. I think it's going to go seven, though. I think they're going to pull it out at the end. I think Mike Conley is going to be the difference in that game seven because he's battle-tested. He's going to make it a little easier for Donovan Mitchell. He's going to put him in the right positions to make his shots easier and not have to take as many bad shots. So I'm going to go with the Jazz 4-3. I got the Jazz winning uh, in seven as well. Probably six, man. It just really depends. <laughs> Paul Millsap is on his last leg in Denver. So – He's a little older, and I expected more of him in the playoffs. He's the veteran person that played in the playoffs for this team. Hasn't showed up very similar to how Al Horford did not show up for the 76ers. He just can provide so much for them offensively and defensively, and he did not. And also the injuries of Gary Harris and Will Barton are huge. You have two of your main scorers not playing. Me predicting this series was that I knew that Gary Harris would come back and Will Barton. That's 20 points. 20, 25 points, man. You need that. And um, that's the difference. Now, with Mike Conley coming back, being another floor general, Donovan Mitchell is better with the ball in his hands, but also he needs somebody to help create and also take the load off as far as scoring. Mike Conley can do that, and he defends at a high level. So the turn of the series happened at this last game, and it's going to be tough, man, for the Nuggets to do that without Harris, without um, Will Barton, and – the shell of Millsap. Our last series, the Houston Rockets, the four seed versus the OKC Thunder, the five seed. The Rockets are up 2-0, right, fellas? Yeah, you know that. <laughs> uh, what is your prediction for this series and why? I think I think OKC would get one on the simple fact that maybe Rockets won't be as hot in that small ball, come and get them in that one game. But as, right now they're playing out of their minds. They're playing hard. And I, I seen some of the other game that I ain't never seen. Chris Paul only had two assists. I don't know what's wrong with him, but everybody counted out um, Houston because they playing small ball in Houston playing. They playing that game, and it's running to their advantage. And James Harden hasn't went off yet. In typical playoff fashion, James Harden has not went off.
He had to get. He had to. Luckily, he's playing the OKC Thunder right now because they don't have it. They, they, they're they going to lose 4-1. they just not ready yet, man. And it sucks for Chris Paul because this is going to be another blemish that people are going to accuse him for, that he can't do anything in the playoffs. He's never made it to the finals. And I hate that because he's too great of a player for people to do that. I could see OKC squeezing out one, so I have the, the uh, Rockets winning 4-1. I have the Rockets winning in six. The Thunder have struggled in this series because they don't have enough. And when I say enough, Chris Paul, SGA, Gallo is a fourth score at best. If you're looking for Gallo to come in and push you past the Houston Rockets and outscore them, because he can't defend. And they've always struggled with defense. So in a regular playoff series, the Thunder would have a better chance to win a couple of games because they will be playing the next two games at home, but they're in the bubble. So they don't have that luxury. Even without Westbrook, the Rockets have played really well offensively and the Thunder has struggled defensively the entire bubble. Even before the playoffs, they played bad. They gave up 114 points in the last five regular season games. They played even worse um, in the playoffs. I hate that, but this is not a testament of Chris Paul because nobody even thought the, the uh, Thunder would make the playoffs. They were a five seed. So in turn, this is a testament of how hard he works, and I can't wait to see him in Laker yellow and purple and yellow next year. No, don't don't give him a pass like that. I can't That's not a pass. It's a five seed, Weezy. I understand no, that, but – They had a 0.2% chance of making the playoffs when they signed, when, he, when he got traded there. They, had, they gave them a 0.2% chance of actually making the playoffs, and they had a higher seed than the Portland Trailblazers. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go, man. Are you guys – those are facts. He, he, he finds a way to kind of – Those are facts. They, right. they are facts, but Portland was, was – we're not going to go there. Let, let's go ahead and get started at halftime, man. Let's, let's do, do it. it. We're at the midway point. Enjoy all of the halftime festivities. Halftime, in case you missed it. 12 years after his last fight, Oscar De La Hoya confirmed that he will return to the ring at the young age of 47 years old. De La Hoya added that he will not be engaged in an exhibition fight like his fellow retired champions. He is, and I quote, ready for a real fight, end quote. For now, the plan is to compete between 154 and 160 against any of the top guys. That top guy would be Canelo Alvarez. Should De La Hoya try this? <laughs> Man, he, is he trying to die? True. Canelo Alvarez? Let me tell you something. Canelo Alvarez almost be Floyd. True. That is, man, I said that whole listen, man. Listen, stay out of the ring, man. If you're going to fight somebody, go fight somebody else 50 years old. You better stay as far as possible away from Canelo Alvarez. Because if you get in that ring with him, you might not get back out the ring. You might not make it. It might be over. And if you do get out the ring, you're not going to be the same the rest of your life. Yeah, I'm, I I beg everything Coach just said, man. Take his advice and don't do that, bro. Don't do that. Not doing the quarantine. Quarantine ain't got you down like that, dude. Just chill, man. <laughs> That's the thing with De La Hoya. He always possessed one of the greatest traits, had so much courage, fought all of the best in his era, even when the odds were against him. He fought seven men who already are in the Hall of Fame. 
and he was five and four against them. So that's what he can always stand on. His only losses are the Hall of Fame fighters. And De La Hoya, he just wasn't a great fighter at the end of his career. It's just important that we saw him. The last time we saw him, though, he was looking really, really bad. He was once elite, but that was 14 years ago, man. If he fights, he needs to be matched up with an opponent that's not coming off a 12-year layoff and not Canelo Alvarez because he will absolutely kill him. He'll be on the wall like Martin. He'll be right on that damn wall like Martin. I won't fight no more. I won't fight no more. (laughs) (laughs) You guys ready to get started second half? Let's go. Let's get it. The second half is underway. Second half, the 2020 NFL Top 7 Series, the quarterbacks and running backs. Before we get started, I am J.O. It's your boy Weezy, what it do? <laughs> it's your man, Coach Lock. Here we are, Weezy, in the middle of NFL training camps. You can smell football in the air a little later, but we are here, man. Episode 331, FSP, and our listeners. Shout out to every listener that sent in a list. We appreciate you, especially on short notice. Came together to make a list of who we perceive to be the top seven quarterbacks and running backs going into the 2020 NFL season. Again, this list is strictly related to their 2019-20 stats and performance and who has the best chance of maintaining their great play heading into next season. Without further ado, here's the top seven NFL quarterbacks and running backs heading into the 2020 season. Let's start off with the quarterbacks. No position. It's more revered than the quarterback, fellas. Signal callers get all the glory and most of the criticism taken in part of the ultimate game, which is the NFL and Weezy's eyes. So who is deserving? Heralded praise, which of the pastors are giving far too much credit. Whoo, far too much credit. Lot, go through last year's QB rankings. Last year's top seven rankings for quarterbacks were Phillip Rivers at seven. Andrew Luck at six, Russell Wilson at five, Tom Brady at four, Drew Brees at three, Aaron Rodgers at two, and Patrick Super Bowl winning Mahomes at one. Of course. All right, man. Let's get to the honorable mentions. We'll kick things off (laughs) with an honorable mention. It's crazy. Tom Brady, the GOAT, man. Let's start with the bad news. Tom Brady's on decline. Let's just keep it real. He had 24 touchdowns, eight picks. It's real this time. But his goldness is in a situation where he has the most help he's ever played with in his entire career. Did he get wrongfully kicked out of this top seven? Yes, I think so. But that's another story. I got voted. It's hard to say he didn't, but based on – What's going into the season and these other quarterbacks that have made it before him, it it is very well could happen. Now he could prove us all wrong. He could wind up being number one on this list next year because he has the weapons, like you said. Here's the thing, man. If you watch any game from 2018 to 2019, you'll see that he is an aging passer who can't get the ball down the field. The good news, he has this squad. I think we'll have the egg on our face. He will be a top seven quarterback as the year progresses and at the end of the year, for sure. The next person, Weezy's guy, Kyler Murray, got votes, did not make the list, 3,700 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks. He did not deserve to be on this list. Weezy's the only person that had him on the list. Do tell, Weezy. Uh, Kyler Murray, 
he had a still a rookie season, just just fell short. Thirty seven hundred yards, twenty touchdowns, twelve, twelve picks, five hundred and forty four rushing yards. Be crazy numbers this year. I think he should have made the list. That's just me though. That's just me. Yeah, he, he had a great rookie year, but I, I, I just couldn't put him on his list over the, the seven that we have. He's gonna be playing one of the toughest divisions in NFL, along with my 49ers, our 49ers, Jay's also a fan, and the Seattle Seahawks. And it's just going to be hard for him in his division, I think. You know, Seahawks' defense got better. And Jamal, Jamal Adams, that's crazy. Our defense is just going to get better because we have more experience now. So I could see him hitting that sophomore slump. And you add in D-Hop. You know, they brought back Florida Gator, left tackle DJ Humphreys. You just watch out for him. I think he'll be on this list and kick somebody off as well. But Locke made a great point. The division is going to be tough for him to compete. But I think he will, especially with the way that they added uh, some pieces around him. Other players receiving votes, Carson Wentz, Matt Stafford, and Matt Ryan. The 2020 list, starting with number seven, Deshaun Watson. Wasn't ranked last year. 3,800 passing yards, 26 touchdowns. 12 picks. Did he deserve to be number seven? Uh, Yeah, I think he deserved to be number seven just because everybody else on the list did a little bit better. And he – Deshaun Watson had a down year. And he, lost, he, lost, he lost the first game of the playoffs. Uh, after winning the, the after winning the division, I expect him to bounce back this year, though, maybe. But he lost his, he lost his big wide out. And that's going to be hurt him. And his coach is not smart either. His coach is not smart at all. Yeah, he, he's seven on his list with, like you mentioned, Weezy, losing DeAndre Hopkins is going to hurt. And he knows it. he tried to play politically correct the best he could, but he knows that was a dumb move. And Bill O'Brien, I could see this being his last year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is not on his list next year. In 2019, Deshaun Watson didn't have his best season. I think it was his worst as a pro, actually. But he's only 24 years old, playing for a contract, playing for a terrible coach and a franchise that's literally trying to ruin his career right before his eyes, that it might be a situation where he regresses again because he just doesn't have the weapons. So um, I can see him not being on the list next year, but him at seven over Carson Wentz is kind of rough, kind of rough. Jimmy G, come on. Uh, (laughs) Who we got at number six, coach? Number six, we have Dak Prescott is number six on our list. I'll take this one. Dak Prescott, I didn't even have him on my list. I was wrong. I slept on Dak Prescott. He had 4,930 4, touchdowns and 11 picks. Paid Dak Prescott. <laughs> Jerry Jones paid that man. Only thing about Dak Prescott is he has maybe two or three routes that he looks at maybe once or maybe two each play. And if it doesn't work, he throws the ball away or hands it to Zeke. I had Dak high on my list just because of what I believe he's going to be able to do this year with the weapons that he has. He has all those weapons, and then you add the the rookie wide receiver to him. It just makes it that much better. Dak, he's come out of a season where he was fourth in total QBR. He's tied for ninth in touchdown passes and tied with Russell Wilson for second in quarterback wins since 2016. Only quarterback to have more is the old Tom Brady. I just think they're going to be so good this year with all the weapons they have. The defense got better, and I hate to say it because I'm a 49ers fan, so I never liked the Cowboys. But I think this is going to be the year where the Cowboys make one of their runs. Not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl or make the Super Bowl, but 
I think they're finally going to get over that first round exit in the playoffs. Dak had a breakout year. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with Kellen Moore and his offensive uh, play calling. But you're back with a new coach, with Mike McCarthy. He'll get that long-term deal. He's only 27 years old. You have C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, who's breaking out. This is a chance where I think they could have possibly almost 3,000-yard receivers. Man. So this is crazy. If any team can do it, they can do it. This man had damn near 5,000 last year. So pay the man. He deserves everything he's coming. I had him at six on my list. This is, this is right where he needs to be. I think he'll have a better year than most people are expecting for sure. Number five, Aaron Rodgers. Last year he was ranked number two. 4,000 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, four picks. Guys, this is good for Aaron Rodgers at five. I think it'll probably be a lot higher this year because he's pissed off that they took Jordan Love number one. Um, they have a better season. They had, they, got, they had two good running backs last year. Uh, I think they make the playoffs, and I think Aaron Rodgers will be behind this list next year. I agree, man. Aaron Rodgers is, is the epitome of taking no – nothing and making something out of it. You know, he's last few years, he hasn't had any big time name receivers that you've heard of, but they've blossomed into receivers that people talk about all the time now. And it's Aaron Rodgers, you know, 4,000 yards is still 4,000 yards. His touchdowns were a little lower than what we typically see out of him, but he only threw four interceptions. So you say 26 to four, that's still a great ratio for touchdown to interception ratio. Yeah, and just like Tom Brady, you look at the tape on Aaron Rodgers, he's lost a little bit of arm talent, but the team was 13-3 and last year. Let's just keep it real, y'all. It was a good team, man. The team just hadn't put people around him. In the past two seasons, he's thrown for 8,500 yards, 52 touchdowns, and just six picks in the last two years. His career's winding down. I get that. But I think he would ride off to the sunset more like Drew Brees and not in a situation where we see a drastic decline. Let's move on to number four. Speaking of Drew Brees, number four. Last year he was on our, our list at number three. Only had 2,900 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, and four picks. How do we feel about Drew Brees at four? I think Drew Brees, that's high, that's high to me on my list. I didn't have him that high because he got hurt. But uh, I think he'll bounce back. Alvin Kamara's going to play better. This is right on par for Drew Brees. Uh, he was having a dominant year, and then he got hurt. He doesn't get hurt. He's one. Of, he's he could be possibly a little higher on his list. Not too far much to go, but if that injury doesn't happen, he has a crazy year. The good thing was while he got hurt, they didn't miss a beat as far as winning games. They were able to keep it going, but it still wasn't the same with Drew Brees. And yes, he's getting old. He's getting up there. He's forty. And at the end of the day, we know Father Time is undefeated. But he still continues to prove those people wrong, saying he's too old because he still goes out and wins. He still makes the right reads. He still checks down the correct way. So I think this is perfect for Drew Brees on this seven list. Drew Brees, he missed five games because of that thumb injury. If it wasn't for that thumb injury, I think he would have maybe some of those votes that Lamar Jackson got would have went to Drew Brees. And – I remember in 2018, people were saying that Drew Brees was done. And I think he heard that and came back in shape, ready to go. And I think the most important attribute for HB is the fact of accuracy. You have accuracy, 
you can play for a very long time. That's what's going to help him and Aaron Rodgers play well into their 40s. I think this will be his last year, but the way that he plays and you add the pieces that they added in with Emmanuel Sanders with that Saints team, this is going to be another great year for Drew Brees. Coming in at number three, we have Lamar Jackson. Last year, he was not ranked, fellas. 3,100 passing yards, 36 touchdowns to only six picks. And he also had 1,200 rushing yards. How you guys feel about him winning MVP, yeah, winning MVP and coming in at third? Man, Lamar Jackson, he, he could be an argument for number one on this list, but what he did last year with I like, I like what he did last year after the last four games when everybody had film on him and knew what he was going to do, and he was still killing. I think he might do it again, man. And still have 4,100 passing yards in the league, the league, and 31 touchdowns and five interceptions? Come on, man. That's a lot. That's a lot for a quarterback. Uh, it was, you know, argument with Jackson. Actually, Jackson could have been one on this list in some people's eyes. And very well, he did put the stacks up for people to say that. He led the league in touchdown passes with 36, and he only threw 401 passes. That's what stood out to me about him. You try to you hear a lot of people say that he's not accurate, he can't pass the ball. That's pretty good accuracy if you think about it to me. You know, he's very accurate more than what I figured he would be, especially as much as he runs. Because some of those passes were on the run while he was running out the pocket and then he throw down the field. So Lamar Jackson could very well have been two or one on this list easily. Lamar Jackson's taken over the NFL in Lewis 22 starts over two seasons. During that time, the Ravens won 19 regular season games, y'all. Two playoff appearances. Fell a little short in the playoffs, but he also has lifted a limited receiving court. Let's keep it real. They need more wide receivers. He's throwing the tight ends, and they can only get better with Marquise Brown being a year into the program, year into the system. The sky's the limit. Now, will he rush for 1,200 yards again? No, I don't think he needs to do that because we need to see him play for up until he's 40 years old at a high level, like the Drew Brees, like the Aaron Rodgers. If he can find a way to mix in both and get another wide receiver on that team, the sky's the limit. I can see Lamar Jackson being in the top two. He just needs some help uh, within that team. Number two on our list is Russell Wilson. He was ranked number five last year, very disrespectfully. He had 4,100 passing yards, 31 touchdowns, and five picks. How you guys feel about Russell Wilson at two? Man, Russell Wilson. Really, Russell Wilson can be <laughs> fight for this number one spot too, man. He doesn't have a good offensive line, and he's always in the fourth quarter. He's always trending to win the game. He's always trying to win the game. And he, and he has the most four-quarter comebacks in NFL this season than anybody, any other quarterback. So I, I, I'm glad he could have been this number two spot. Yeah, Russell Wilson, man, he, he's just a quarterback that just flies under the radar. He's not going to do a lot of talking. He's just going to go out there and win games. And even the games you think he might not win, he fight, finds a way to win those games. He's, ne he's never missed a game since 2012. He's won 86. Only Brady has more won since then. He's thrown for the seven most yards and fifth most touchdowns since then. He's just a winner, man, and he never has all of the options that some of the quarterbacks that are in front of him or right behind him has. If he ever could get those weapons, who knows what Russell Wilson was doing. I'm so glad he doesn't have those because he's in my division and my 49ers will have to see him twice a year. And I hate when we have to play him. 
because no matter what happens, he always seems to make the right play. When I think we got him, he scrambles out the pocket and makes a crazy play with a 30-yard bomb down for a touchdown or a huge first down on third down. So Russell Wilson, man, he, he just does what he does. He continues to win with less. And he's could be up for MVP, like you mentioned, for this year, depending on how he plays. Russell Wilson was number one on my list for everything that Coach Locke said. I, we see him two times a year every year. Sometimes we see him in the damn playoffs. The disrespect that Sean towards this dude is, is insane. He led the Seahawks to 11-5 record, just falling short of the NFC West title. He's 31 years old and still has plenty of time left to make this thing go the way that I foresee it to be. Um, the only people that I think they're pretty close to him are Drew Brees and Rodgers, and they're older. This dude has tossed 31 or more touchdowns in three consecutive years. Having been consistently pressured, sacked with one of the worst offensive lines in the entire NFL, he's yet to miss a single start. He is the best representation of a franchise quarterback besides, you know, your Patrick Mahomes. This dude is the is unequivocally the best quarterback in the NFL right now, in my eyes. Moving on to the granddaddy mall number one, Wheezy's guy, Patrick Mahomes. He was ranked number one last year, 4,000 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, five picks. Numbers looking a little suspect. What's up, fellas? How is he number one? Uh, his disregard that what he said was number looks a little suspect, or did not. He still threw 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and five. And five touchdowns, I mean, five interceptions, and he missed three games. Uh, and the three games he missed, they lost two of them. So he's valuable. He's valuable to that team. Uh, he got he had three fourth quarter comebacks this year. One of them was to win the Super Bowl against the 49ers, uh, down 10 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, and he has the best arm talent in the NFL. You can throw from any angle, anywhere on the field, back foot, side arm, whatever you want to do. Patrick Mahomes is there to be number one. Patrick Mahomes is Pat Mahomes, man. What more do you want from your quarterback? You know, he had a 5,050-yard touchdown season, and then he came back this year with 4,000. So, yes, if you look at it compared to his 2018, his numbers did go down. But whose numbers wasn't going to go down if you throw for 5,050? It's inevitable that you're going to go down a little bit. But 26 touchdowns compared to five interceptions is still great. It's 5-1. to one. I'm living with that every day out of my quarterback. Now, he is – a product of Andy Reid's offensive genius and his weapons around him. I get that. But at the end of the day, he still has to make the plays because some of those plays were not planned by Andy Reid. That was just Pat Mahomes being Pat Mahomes, getting out, making the right read, throwing a ball down the field that everybody can't make those plays. So just as long as Pat Mahomes stays healthy, he's going to be right around this list at the top until he's getting older, in my opinion. Patrick Mahomes, man, he's dangerous, man. He's prolific. I think a lot of it has to do with the great Eric Bieniemy is his OC. Has a lot to do with Andy Reid. Shout out to Big Red. Had a lot to do with that. But, you know, short amount of time, he's been great. And no, he's not going to throw for 50 touchdowns again. It's going to be tough to do that because we have film on him. But his statistics, his success, effectiveness late in games, Gives him a shot at being the top quarterback for a long time, as long as Big Red is there. I would love to see him do this if he had Bill O'Brien as his coach. Really love to see that. So let's go through the list, man. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Blah. 
Number two, Russell Wilson at two. Number three, Lamar Jackson. Number four, Drew Brees. Number five, Aaron Rodgers. Number six, Dak Prescott. And number seven, Deshaun Watson. One player that you guys think will make this list next year? Tyler Murray. Uh, I'm going to say Tom Brady. If he doesn't retire. No, he signed two years. He's not retired. So, yeah, Tom Brady. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Jimmy G. <laughs> Shout out to the Jimmer. All right, we got a whole nother show. Let's get it, man. The running backs. Now, running backs, they're kind of back, man. After a short time with the position, saw a decline in value. Runners are once again being looked at as franchise players. Running back is the only position in football to have its franchise tag value. The average earning of top five players at the position dropped over the past three years. Over the last two seasons, that figure has fallen nearly 10%. We are back with another running back, top seven. Coach, who's last year's ranking? Last, last year's ranking, ranking, seven. We had David Johnson, six. Ty Gurley, five. Melvin Gordon, four. Christian McCaffrey. Three, Alvin Kamara. Two, Saquon Barkley. And one, Ezekiel Elliott. Honorable mentions. First person we'll talk about. And honorable mentions are people that receive votes. And we'll speak a little bit more in depth about people that receive more votes. First person we'll talk about is Chris Carson. One of the most disrespected running backs in the entire NFL. What? Had 1,200 yards. Nobody talks about it. And I think it's because of how good Russell Wilson is. We don't even realize how good Chris Carson is. Just a really great year. If he can stay healthy, I can see another great year out of Chris Carson. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize because I, I didn't have nowhere near my seven. I didn't have my honorable mention. But you know, in our pre-production meeting, I was some things about the light that I could see why he's definitely honorable mention. Uh, and that's gonna just even make Russell Wilson that much better. Yeah. I put him that one of my fantasy uh, for one of my for one of my fantasy. Picks. Oh, you playing fantasy? I thought you was done. I think I don't know. I'm thinking. Uh, but uh, Chris Carson, yeah, he was overlooked. I think it was overlooked because of Russell Wilson. But 1,200 yards is, is great. Hell yeah! Move right along to Aaron Jones, another person very underrated. Thousand yards, 16 touchdowns. That's why. That's why the boy Aaron Rodgers only had 26, 24 touchdowns because Aaron Jones was taking them all and had 400 receiving, man. Another player that has battled injuries throughout his young career, started all 16 games this year. They pack him along with A.J. Dillon, who's going to be the power back, thunder and lightning. This is going to be a breakout year for Aaron Jones. Book it. Yeah, another thing, just make it easy for Aaron Rodgers. They won't have to rely on Aaron Rodgers to throw so many passes they can – Use the play action. They can hand the ball off and let him control the game. And last but not least, Joe Mixon. I don't know how Joe Mixon did not make this list, but um, if you're not familiar with football, allow me to introduce you to Joe Mixon, an insanely talented football player on the worst team in the entire NFL, overlooked because of where he plays. He's going to be great this year because you actually have somebody that can take the tension off like Burrow, which was, you know, going to be – that's a whole nother story. But I really think that this is another great year for Joe Mix. I think Joe has left off people's list because he only had five touchdowns. 
Yeah, eleven hundred yards, but and he played for a team that wasn't really that good. And when that happens, unless you're having standout numbers and or you're already known household running back, people are overlooking. <laughs> Other players receiving votes: Josh Jacobs, Leonard Fournette. Don't make that face ever again. Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler. All right, let's kick the 2020 list off, man, with number seven. Who we got number seven, Weezy? Number seven, we got New Orleans on Alvin Kamara. 797 rushing yards, 533 receiving yards. Played on one leg last year. So uh, there's no way possible he, he can he – can, he's going he's gonna to do this again. These numbers will almost double, I think. Except the question, they won't double. I think they have close to eight. Maybe 800 yards a receiver for sure. Uh, but Alvin Kamara, yeah, he's gonna have a better year for sure because he's playing with Drew Brees still, and playing on one leg is totally different. If he can just stay healthy, man, he'll he'll have a great year. He'll be on this list. His key is just gonna be healthy. If he can stay healthy, there's no issues with Alvin Kamara because he can do it all. He catch out the backfield and he can run the ball. So he just needs to stay healthy. I third that, man. Evan Kamara will move up this list. He's going to have a great year again with that offense. They're going to use him a lot more. They got to find a way with Latavius Murray to get him some totes as well to kind of spell him so he's not doing so much. But just one of the more prolific receiving threats out of the backfield and has crazy, crazy vision and elusiveness as a runner. He should continue to get back into the swing of things because the contract is coming. Number six, Weezy, who we got? Number six, we got Coach Locke's boy, Dalvin Cook. At 13 touchdowns, 1,135 rushing yards, and 519 receiving yards. Uh, Dalvin Cook played these, uh, he played a great season. He's up for a contract year this year, so they might, these numbers might inflate a little bit. Yeah, Dalvin Cook is another one of guy kind of like Alvin Kamara as far as injuries, his biggest bug. He's a, a stronger running back than Alvin Kamara. But he's just a great running back, man. And his, his battle is injuries. He can't stay healthy for a full season. And that's why Minnesota's iffy about paying him. They wanted him to prove that he can stay healthy because his production on the field is never the issue. It's just a matter if he can stay healthy. Yeah, the problem with him is durability, man. Battle injuries. He has to prove that he's worthy of a franchise contract, a max contract at the running back position. He won't play for the Vikings next year. But I think he's going to show them as a reason why uh, they should keep him, but they won't because they have to pay so many people other ways. But I think he'll turn around and have a very similar year, play 15, 16 games this year for sure. Who we got at number five, Weezy? Number five, we got Nick Chubb, 1,494 yards rushing. This year, I think the Cleveland Browns are a playoff team. Only thing about Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb not a three-down back. He didn't catch the ball at the backfield. Nick Chubb gets better as the game goes long, though. He's doable. Yeah, he's one of those power backs that you don't want to see him in the fourth quarter. Nick Chubb is just on that Cleveland team where they just can't get it right, man. They've had all the talent come through there. They have Odell. They have Landry. And this is going to be a big year for Cleveland. But he's going to be consistent. They just have to win some games. Yeah, if the Browns didn't have Kareem Hunt backing up, Nick Chubb, there's a good chance that I think that Nick Chubb would lead the league in rushing. He's just the excellent blend of power and finesse at the running back position. I think he's a premier back, man. As crazy as it sounds, I don't think he's even peaked yet. We haven't seen the best of Nick Chubb, and that's the scary part. Number four, Weezy, I know you're excited to talk about this. Who you got at number four? 
number four, he's a little bit higher on my list, but number four on this list was Saquon Barkley. Uh, he only played 13 games. He had 1,000 yards and 430 yards receiving. I think he, I think he could lead the league in rushing this year. I think he could lead the league in rushing this year. Uh, that team will get better. That team will get better this year. And, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to lead the league in rushing this year. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Ready from Weezy first. Saquon, man, he, he's a powerful back. He can do everything you want out of a running back except pass block. If he can ever figure out how to pass block, he'll be that much better and better stay on the field longer. He's not good when it comes to picking up blitzes or he won't need to stay in to just keep your quarterback upright. That's something he's going to have to work on. Saquon Barkley is a generational talent. He just can't be replaced with the next man up roster. He was the Giants' primary offensive weapon. So it was a situation where once he went out, should be sinking. That thing was over with. The thing is, I think what he has to do is find a way to let other running backs on the team eat as well. So he could be the power back or how they use, you know, a lot of these two-headed monsters at the running back position. Because if not, you're going to run him into the ground and he'll look like Todd Gurley looks now, who's not on this list. You just got to make sure that you protect your franchise uh, running back and the way that Ezekiel Elliott is protected, why they started passing the ball a little bit more. You go and sign great wide receivers. You draft them. That is what you do to help out Saquon Barkley. The Giants aren't doing that, and that's going to be scary for the future for one of the best running backs I've seen in a very long time. Number three on this list, Weezy, who we got? Number three on this list is your boy. I should have let you do this one. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, 1,357 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns. Does I think he's the best running back in the league? I disagree. Ezekiel Elliott is one of those generational running backs that can just change the game instantly. He's improving on catching the ball out the backfield. But what's going to help Ezekiel Elliott this year is, like you mentioned, Jay, a few minutes ago, is that Dak Prescott – got another weapon on the outside. So now it's not going to be any more putting eight in the box to stop Ezekiel Elliott. You can do that if you want to, and they just going to pass you to death, and you're going to be in trouble. So I could see Ezekiel Elliott's rushing yards improving and increasing a little bit this year, and his receiving yards increasing. This is disrespectful. Ezekiel Elliott should be number one. It's not even close. I mean, spoiler alert, Zeke is still Zeke. He set the stage for running backs like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley to be taken with these high picks in 2017, 2018, respectively. Two-time rushing champ, two-time All-Pro fellas, three-time Pro Bowler. He hasn't missed a single game because of injury in four seasons. And it's coming off one of his best years, 2,000 total yards from scrimmage. So people thinking that he took a step back. No, it's because the passing attack is taking some of the pressure off of him. The Cowboys will be better because they will have Ezekiel Elliott late in games. And you look at Derrick Henry, who gets better late in games. They're dependent on him. Without Derrick Henry, there is no Titans. Derrick Henry has his own. He has his own slot on this list. We'll talk about him. (laughs) He has his own slot on this list. Speaking of, let's move on to number two. Who's number two, Weezy? Number two is Derrick Henry, the league's lead rusher with 1,540 yards rushing. And six and sixteen touchdowns, and he led the Titans to the AFC Championship game. Uh, it's only get beat by the Super Bowl champs. Uh, 
with, and like, like Jay said, with Derrick Henry, it's doable. He had 500 of his yards in the last four games. Oh. In the last four games. That's doable. That's doable, man. Um, last year, he was doable. That's Derrick Henry. He's catching the ball better out the backfield. You know, Derrick Henry deserves to be number two on this list. That's all his damn receiving yards off them 270 yards is hell. Hey, who, who, nobody else done it. True. Hey, look. Derrick Henry is on this list too because he led the league in rushing. That's what we're going to. Now, is that an easy feat? No. So he gets all the credit that he gets and deserves because he did dominate the NFL by rushing. What's going to work about Derrick Henry is as big as Derrick Henry is, are the Titans going to run him into the ground? Is his body going to break down because they're going to constantly hand the ball off to him and let him just continue to rush and rush and rush? And now you're only going to get two or three years out of him because his body's going to break down. And Ryan Tannehill is going to have to take some of the load off of Darren Henry by being able to make some passes. But he deserves to be in his top three off the year he had. For sure, I had him in the top three. I just had him at three. Derrick Henry, you can attribute some of the turnaround in Nashville to Ryan Tannehill. But for the most part, it was definitely Derrick Henry putting the Titans on his back. When Tannehill couldn't get things going, you got the ball to Derrick Henry, and he became a man possessed. The thing is with him, He's had so many totes in high school. He had the most rushing yards in high school history, whatever the hell that means. You go to Alabama, they run you into the ground, you win the Heisman. Now you come to Tennessee, you're a workhorse there. Your body is going to break down. Not wishing that upon him. I'm just saying they have to find a way to cut back some of his shit. You got to find a backup running back to help this kid out because if not, going to break down like every great running back does, man. I've seen it happen to Jamal Charles. I've seen it happen to uh, Todd Gurley as of late. Yeah, you're right. Derrick Henry let, let the league in carries this year. He had 301 carries this year. But just, let me shed some light on that because he, he, he was drafted in 2016. 2016, he split carries. Then he was split carries with DeMarco Murray. He, had, he, he only had like 50 carries his first two years. So them 300 carries he had right now, it's not wearing him down. It's just build up. He's just been the main guy for the last two years. I can dig so. it. And he's gotten better every year. I'm not knocking Derrick Henry. Every year on the NFL level, he has gotten better and became a full-time starter and now got paid for the great years that he's put in. I'm just saying he needs some help. That's it. That's it. Speaking of help, the number one person on our list. Who we got, Weezy? Uh, your boy, Christian McCaffrey, man. What you call him? White Lightning. That's exactly White. what I call him. White Lightning, man. 1,387 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving. He was a focal point of that offense, and they, and they still couldn't stop it. And there you go, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, man, Christian McCaffrey, man. He's everything you want out of running back. He can run in between the tackles. He can run outside. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's fast. What more do you want from your running back? You just want him to stay healthy. They have to get him some help because he can't continue to take the load of everything that the Panthers give for his career because he's not a big back. He's not a big running back like that. So they have to get some more help. You know, Cam leaving, not coming back. They're going to have a new quarterback, even though Cam was hurt, but we knew Cam was still the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers until now. So, they're going to have to figure out how to get some more weapons in Carolina so he doesn't have to carry as much as the load. Otherwise, his body's going to break down too. 100%.
Christian McCaffrey is an absolute cheat code. He's just as good as a wide receiver as he is a running back. He's the premier running back in the NFL as far as a dual threat. You bring in Matt Rule and a revamped receiving court and a new quarterback, Teddy Two Gloves. I think C-Mac will be, again, the focal point and probably will be first-team All-Pro again. The thing is that I worry about with him, again, is just to make sure that you're not running him into the damn ground, man. He was rewarded this offseason when he uh, was leapfrogged over Ezekiel Elliott as far as the highest-paid running back in the NFL, which will set the table for Saquon. But, dude, you have to find a way to not use him as much. I don't know how they're going to do that, but you got to find a way. Because he's both a 1,000-yard rush and a 1,000-yard receiver. He's even been known to run kicks and punts back, y'all. Like, come on, man. Show me a person that doubts Christian McCaffrey and how good he is, and I'll show you a person that probably believes that Dame Lillard can shoot better than Steph Curry. Here we go, man. Nobody can. I'm just what I'm saying. I'm just saying. What have you done for me lately? That's all I'm saying. That's, that's you my point, man. Why, why you gotta bring my boy in, man? You got you gonna find a way, man. Hey, something about football, Jay. Damn, yeah. Lily, disrespect has to stop, man. Just let him be. Let him yeah, be. I let him be for sure. Out the, at the crib, um, quick five work. The number <laughs> one person on this list, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Number two person on this list, Derrick Henry. Number three, Ezekiel Elliott. Four, Saquon Barkley. Five, Nick Chubb. Six, Dalvin Cook. Bullshit. And number seven, Alvin Kamara. One person that'll make this list next year, fellas. Keen Drake. I won't say Chris Carson since he's on honorable mention. I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones will make the list. I like that. Miles Sanders for me. Top five. Miles Sanders will be top five next year. Top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five, top five. And that is the kickoff of the NFL Top 7 Series. Next week, we have the wide receivers and tight ends send in those lists. Again, we appreciate everybody that sent in a list. Keep the list coming. We will discuss this in length. FSP. Recap. Yeah, recap. IG Live. It's been a long day. It's been a long day, man. Tweet us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to comment. Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page, on the iTunes page. Please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend and wash their hands. Coach Lock. Get a drummer song. Wheezy. Everything paid for, baby. Cash money, man. The revolution will be podcasted. We are out. We money, Menzel. Yes, sir. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Thank you for listening to the Full Sport Press Podcast. To catch up on prior episodes, visit the SoundCloud page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. The revolution will be podcasted. <laughs>